forward to it. Amen, amen, amen. If you are ready this morning, we're going to take some uh, scripture theme out of the word of the Lord and uh, try to encourage the brethren this morning. That would include the sisters. Jesus told Peter, when you are converted, you will strengthen the brethren. Um, as you know, we we make it plain that we're not aware, or we're not, we are not uh, responsible, rather, for your walk in Christ Jesus. We are just trying to put it out there and strengthen you in the Lord. And so we're going to try and do that this morning. I believe God got something here for us that's going to help us and touch us. So turn, turn with me to the book of Luke. I want to take a scripture that's that's pretty, pretty well known. Uh, the ninth chapter, verse sixty-two. Ninth chapter of Luke, verse sixty-two. But Jesus said to him, "No one putting his hand on the plow." And looking at the things behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Is fit for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. I thought I would read uh, the 17th chapter, but I'll just quote it. It's not a hard one. And Jesus said, remember... Lot's wife. I just throw that one in there. Would you go to Romans, the 10th chapter, and the ninth uh, verse, ninth and 10th verses. Again, this very, very familiar to us. But let's read it together. Romans, the 10th chapter, ninth verse. Because if you confess Lord Jesus with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses unto salvation. I want to break that down a little bit because it's plain if you read it slow enough that the heart belief is not enough. And or that the mouth confession is not enough. But the combination of you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. You confess what? The Lord Jesus. With your mouth. Everybody say, with my mouth. I've got to get that thing open. Say a thing. We used to believe that this scripture really was about prayer. So you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you get down and say a prayer. But that's not exactly what the inference of the scripture is. I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about backsliding. Is everybody okay? I want to talk about backsliding. Backsliding. So Lord, help us. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just honor your word this morning. You always do. I pray for an anointing that's not about me. Lord, give us a word that isn't about 
what I think and what I've prepared, Lord, but what you have prepared for us. I believe, Lord, you always prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies and definitely in the presence of the saints. So we ask you this morning, Lord, that you just, what we've prepared, what we've done really won't go anywhere unless your anointing is upon it. And so we ask you, Lord, by your spirit, anoint us, Lord, to give your word and all truth, Lord, and all courage, we pray in your name, Jesus. Everyone say amen, amen, amen. The definition of backsliding, it is an action of relapsing into bad ways or errors. I grew up in church, as many of you did, and um, it was a common term that we used a lot. Talk about backsliders. And I think typically we just understood that it was a person who uh, had been among us, who was what we call saved, and now we look at their life and they have gone back into sinfulness in their life. And the terminology for that, backsliding, which makes sense. It just simply means that you were in one position and then you slid back to something else. Peter said this way, he said, it's like a pig, a sow, that was washed and cleaned And then as soon as it got a chance, as soon as they let go of it, it ran back and got into mire again. Because that pig's nature was not changed. But thank God he's changed us. Can you say amen? Our nature was to sin. Our nature was to waller in the filth. But he washed us. And then he let us go. And we didn't run back to the filth. Thank the Lord. Can you say amen? Now, this thing about backsliding, we see this picture of, you know, a dog returning to the vomit. And we've seen that kind of gross kind of a thing. But really to the Lord, it is someone who had a knowledge. Peter said had a knowledge of the Lord. And they returned back to their ways. They were like a dog going back to his vomit. And but... This is true, but I would like this morning to look at a little different direction, which we do sometimes. I want to look at the cause of backsliding. You might think this morning, no, no, I've already got that figured out. I know what the cause is, is I just wanted to go back. But I think there's some truth here that the Lord would like to bring us this morning about backsliding. And I'd like to deal with this cause of backsliding, which ultimately ends up in apostasy. Is everybody uh, familiar with the term apostasy? And stasis or standing where you were, and then the, uh, the word apo connected with that in the Greek meaning to come down or away from where you were. Simply the same word that we're saying, backsliding. But a state of apostasy It's a state of sinfulness. It's a state of coming down from that which we were and finding ourselves back in 
the things that God did deliver us from. Now, I want to say something, and we've been talking about this, I believe this, the grace of God, the goodness of the Lord. I said, I think it was last week, God's not trying to throw us out, He's trying to bring us in. God does have grace, can you say amen? Uh, you can go to the end, and, and at the end of the message this morning, I want to read what Peter said finally at the end. But at the end of each epistle, almost every writer will say at the end of that, and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. We understand that grace is not permission to go out and do what we want to do and sin and live in sin. Does uh, Because grace abounds, do we live in sin? And then, then Paul answered that and said, God forbid that we would live in sin because there is grace. But I do want you to know, there is grace. You don't go into apostasy because you made a mistake. You don't enter apostasy because you made a bad judgment, a bad choice. You don't go into apostasy because you flat out failed. And because you sinned before God, you don't go into apostasy. Now, I'm not saying in any way it's right for us. John wrote and said, brethren, I write to you that you sin not. And then puts that condition in there, but if you do, and, and we could talk about all manner and measure of sin, and, and it goes from, you know, little white lies to who knows where. You know, all kinds of stuff that's happening all around us today. But brethren, I write to you that you don't, but if you do, in other words, because there is a failure that happened in your life, because something went wrong, because you made a mistake in judgment, because you entered into something you should have never been in, because you made a bad choice, because you have done something that you're ashamed of. I want to tell you something this morning. God's not in the process of throwing you out. He doesn't want you to go to apostasy. Apostasy is an end-up condition of where you arrive going backwards. You stand in the Lord right now. You walk in the Lord. You have faith in the Lord. And on the opposite side of that, the far end of that is apostasy where you end up from backsliding, coming into a place where really you are not in connection with the Lord anymore. What I'm saying to you this morning, a mistake does not do that in your life. A mistake should not, it should not cause your faith to fail. An error in your life. I think sometimes we have taken the gospel on ourselves, and the Lord did plainly say to, for us, Clean out our own life. Clean out our own eye before we look at our brother and try and dig something. And, and that's not an excuse. I offer no excuse this morning for living wrong. But I do say this, that faith is one thing. Mistakes, trouble, things that we fall into in our life are another. 
I think of David's life and I wondered about this. I don't know if you have wondered about this. David did some awful, rotten, terrible, dirty things. His dear friend that that joined with him to protect him all the time that he's running from Saul. His dear friend, he took his wife. I mean, you can't lay a a worse thing on, on your friend than that. To take his wife and then to have him murdered. I mean, this is wickedness. This is awful vileness. But I do want to tell you something about David. David made his mistakes. David was a man that looked back on his life and had some sorrows there. And he paid for those. But somewhere in his heart, he didn't want to go apostate from God. Oh, God, Take me not from thy presence. Take not thy presence from me. Oh, Lord, cast me not away. Somehow, God, I'm wrong. I've sinned. I've sinned before you. But something is still in his faith, in his heart, in his life that went further than his mistakes in his life. And he came back to the Lord. And I believe that that man found repentance. Can you say amen? Sometimes there's something stronger driving pressing against our soul that a man would want to reach for life as he desires it to be. And sometimes we'll never, ever come back. We'll not hear the calling of the Lord anymore. Won't hear Nathan say, you are the man. Instead, stop listening Let me tell you to the first step of backsliding. If you want to backslide, let me tell you the first step. Quit listening. Just don't listen anymore. Don't listen to the preacher. Don't listen to the Word of God. Don't listen to the wooing of the Spirit. Just stop listening. Just start going the direction that you want to go. You will begin to decline and take steps backwards in your life. There's something about this condition of backsliding that compels us to quit listening. I've dealt with too many people that wanted to say they were right, but no longer would listen to the voice of the Lord. And in this, in this, they reject input into their life. It's a tough place to be in. A backslidden condition is a tough place. Everybody say amen to that. And so I want to tell you this morning that because you've made an error, because sometime in your life some things didn't go right, and that's not what you want for your but, but you're pursuing the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. I'm going to tell you, there is no danger of apostasy in your life when you are pursuing Jesus. The danger of apostasy in your life is when you begin to shut down, begin to turn down. Don't allow any thoughts, any reason, any gospel to get in your spirit and reject the outside input that could come in that would help you and reject that. Then there is a danger of apostasy in your life. For the believer, Christian, follower of Jesus... I want to look at a a kind of a little different turn here 
about backsliding. I believe it is the surrendering, the beginnings of it, the beginnings. Not the manifestation, but the beginnings of it is the surrendering of your personal revelation of Jesus Christ in your life. God has planted something in each one of us. I don't think there's a person sitting here this morning that would not say, I have a personal revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. If you're here this morning and you don't have a revelation of the Lord, then we'll pray for you, but opening your spirit and your heart is the only way you begin to get the revelation of Jesus Christ by His Spirit I read this verse that said that no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back at the things that were back there, is fit for the kingdom. And I think the King James Version says, worthy of the kingdom. Um, If we begin to doubt our faith, if we begin to doubt our personal experience with Jesus Christ, and we've worked on this for quite some time, let me tell you what. The Christian life is not about getting delivered from sin. And that's that's why it's not a raise-your-hand prayer. The Christian life is about knowing Jesus Christ. He doesn't have any problem forgiving your sin at all. But your commitment to Him and to Him alone, to Him personally, to His name, without His name. His name is the only name given to us whereby we must be saved. So you don't need to go anywhere else and do anything else except for Him, except His name, except your personal relationship in Jesus Christ. That is your salvation. Does everybody understand what I'm saying this morning? It's not in a prayer. A prayer does not save you. Raise your hand say, I want Jesus to come into my heart. Doesn't do it. It's a revelation of who He is and receiving that revelation of who He is as your personal Savior. Can you say amen? So I'm going to kind of take this a little bit different direction. That's why we're not here really and we don't do a lot of raise your hand and we're going to pray for you and you're going to be saved. I've done that in the past. And, and so many people raised their hand, they weren't saved. You get the little, little handout. We used to get it from PCG every year. It said, how many, how many people got saved this year? And I never sent it back because I don't know. You could be sitting here this morning, singing the songs, praising the Lord, smile on your face, and if you don't have a personal relationship yourself with Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord... Now, you're not saved. Everybody say amen. And so I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. There's a person in here that needs this this morning except for me. But um, So then backsliding is when you begin to step back from your revelation of who Jesus is. It's not necessarily, let's draw out a bunch of rules and put them on a board up here, Pastor Rodney. We can just put all the sins up there now. If you don't do any of those sins, you're in good shape. 
that does have anything to do with salvation in Jesus Christ. Because if you hear His Spirit and His righteousness begins to be established in your life, we can get out the eraser and begin to erase all those sins up there because God is alive in you and He is working in you and through you and He's going to deliver you from everything that you don't need in your life. I can stand up here as a preacher and I can preach all the evils and all the sins and I might miss one. And they say, Pastor didn't preach on that, so it must be good. Brother Dustin says this the other day, this is so perfect. What's easier, to live by the law or to live by faith in Christ Jesus? It's easier to write out a bunch of rules and live by rules, I, but, but to live by the faith of the Son of God who delivered us, who bought us, and who washed us. That is the Christian life. Amen. So no one having put his hand to the plow. And I think the Lord isn't talking about plowing a field here. He's just using a metaphor to show us that no one, having believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, then looking back to other things, is going to be fit for the kingdom. Everybody's not going to heaven. I just want to break that to you. And everyone that says, Jesus, Lord, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, Lord, isn't going to heaven either. I'm talking about getting the kingdom of God. If you're in His kingdom, if you're in His kingdom, then there's something to go. Listen, you cannot serve Jesus without a clear understanding, at least a partial understanding, of some understanding of who He is, and what He is, and how He is, and receiving that and confessing that with your mouth. Well, I'm, I'm kind of a secret agent for the Lord. No, He doesn't have any of those. The confession is not for Him. It's for you. He's my Savior. That's for me. He already knows it. That confession is for me to stand on. It's for me to know Him and confess Him. Now I get up here on a Sunday morning and say, hey, the Lord showed me this, and I, I, let me show you something about that I saw in the Scripture about the Lord. And, and I make that confession now, and I have by revelation that I understand Him now, begin to make a confession about that, and so the scripture comes up that says, if you believe with your heart, in your heart, and you confess with your mouth the Lord's Jesus, one belief, one's belief and confession are perfectly aligned together. You don't believe in your heart and not confess it with your mouth, and you don't confess it with your mouth if you don't believe it in your heart, and that's called faith. Somebody give me a definition of faith. Well, let's see. I believe. Well, give me a definition of believe. Well, I, I don't know where to go from there, but I certainly just know that faith is believing. Well, let me tell you what faith is this morning. Faith is a revelation of Jesus Christ receiving it and confessing it. That's what faith is about. Faith isn't about thinking I can do miracles. Boy, I just have so much faith I can just 
do so many things, move mountains, and, and I can just pray over people and go, no, no, no. Faith is about your life and understanding and revelation and confession of your life and your mouth confessing Jesus Christ as who He is in the revelation in your life. Well, I don't go around like that. Well, you need to. You need to know where you stand. If for nobody else, yourself. I stand in Jesus Christ. Somebody say, man, I stand in Jesus Christ. He is what? He's my Savior. How many of you could confess that this morning? He's my Savior. I stand in that. That's faith in my life. That's what my faith is. I stand in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now listen. No one can give up a revelation they never had. So if you never had a revelation, don't worry about backsliding. You can't give it up anyway. And, on the flip side of this, no one can recant a declaration or confession that they've made in Christ Jesus if they never made one. And so let us determine in our heart, are we fully vested in the Lord? Are we fully vested? Or we'll leave it hanging there just in case, case we need to step back a little bit from it. And that is what I call backsliding this morning. Coming back from the revelation that, of who Christ is in your life. And allowing the enemy to confuse that confession. Now, confession, declaration, is what the enemy of your soul is after. You know, the devil's been, oh boy, he's been after me. Man, he gave me a flat tire. And then, then I went over there and the bottom of my groceries fell out of the bag. And then, then I went home and, and the wife was mad at me. Boy, the devil's been after me all day. The devil hasn't been after you at all. Just circumstance and bad luck. The serpent, the wise serpent is attacking the saints on a level of their revelation and confession in Jesus Christ. No, man, he's just trying to bring, uh, you know, I was on the job and they just passed around a bunch of nudie pictures and boy, I'll tell you what, no, 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 let's, 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 just don't, even, let's don't even go right there right now. Your faith in Christ Jesus is what he's after. I'm not worried about the nudie pictures. If Christ is in my life, He's going to direct me okay there. I'm not worried about the temptation. You know, the, the, somebody accidentally gave me too much money. You know, that's a windfall for me. Uh-oh, I sinned. You know. No, I'm not worried about that business because if I can keep my faith in Christ Jesus, I'm going to settle all that right in my life. And the Lord knows that. And the devil knows that. See, if he just came and attacked you, and, and let's, just, let's just say this. Just, I know this has happened. It's, I've been on enough jobs to know, you know, they're coming around on Friday afternoon, and they got the beer, and, they're, and they're, they're telling dirty jokes, and they've got dirty magazines laying around. And you're like, oh, no, I saw a dirty picture. Oh, oh man, I lost my salvation. No, 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 time out. Wait a minute. 
minute. Your salvation is your faith and trust and revelation of Jesus Christ in your life. Not some passing fancy. So God's going to help us there. Somebody say amen. You got a problem in the area. God's going to help you in that area. But what the concern of your life, the enemy of your soul is playing to, to bring you down, to backslide you from your declaration and confession in Jesus Christ. If he can get you to back off there, then he can pass anything in front of you and you're going to take it. But if you stand in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a power that he cannot bring you down. He might make a mistake. He might cause you a stumble in your life. But your faith will overcome the enemy every single time. You will arise. You will be victorious in Christ Jesus. That's all there is to it. When we're looking for the, the moment, God is looking over our life for the endurance of the whole thing. We didn't get saved to serve the Lord for 15 minutes. Serve Him for a week, a month, a year, five years, ten years. No, when you come to the Lord, you're in it for good. And the faith which you have in Jesus Christ is going to carry you through the bad times, through troubles, through mistakes in your life, and bring you to glory in Him. Can everybody say amen? I hope you don't think I'm preaching, let's all go out and make mistakes. What I'm doing is trying to compare to you this morning that your faith in Christ and nothing else. Has anybody here ever had the bottom of everything that you hoped for and thought fall out of the bottom for you? I have a few times in my life. Let me tell you what carried me. It wasn't, boy, I just buckle it up in a way I could know. It was my faith, my faith, my revelation in my Savior. That's not going to fail me. My revelation in Him. My confession that He's still my Lord. This one failed. That one failed. Conditions failed. Troubles came. But I want to tell you this. He was still my Lord all the way through it. He, he never quit being Lord. Only if I backslide does He become less in my life than Lord and Savior. Somebody say Amen. So God, we're looking at starting over here and we're getting ready to start the race and, and bang, shooting, here we go. Man, we're just going to sprint, 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 finish this race. No, this race is not to the fastest. This race, uh, the scripture said, is not to the quick. This race is to the one who keeps their faith in Jesus Christ. I want to tell you this morning, don't let your faith go. Don't let your faith waver. Don't let it be destroyed. Things come and go all around us, the stuff that's going on. I don't know about these elections. I don't know about the red wave. I don't know what's going to happen here. We may end up with a Democrat government. We don't know that. But I know that my faith in Jesus Christ will not waver if I continue to trust in Him the revelation that I have that Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my helper. I've said this a few times, but when the doctor turned the corner and said to us, Kay, you have this huge tumor on your brain. 
I just looked at God and said, this doesn't change anything. This doesn't change anything. You still are my Lord. You're still my Savior no matter what happens in this condition. He, I'm not letting go of my faith because of an attack that's going to come against it. I'm not going to let go of my faith because things don't go the way that I want them to go. I'm keeping my faith, my revelation, my confession in Jesus Christ. And in that, we will come out victorious. Come on, say amen. Amen, 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 amen. We got so much time, it's scary. If he can bring doubt on your revelation of Jesus, then he can make fun of your confession. Oh, you just said a bunch of stuff. And you really don't believe that. You ever had the enemy come and do that to you? As, as a preacher, minister, you know, Monday mornings they say, you, do you know when preachers resign churches? On Monday mornings. And the reason why I know this is because you get in there on a Monday morning and you wake up and it's not church day. And it's not all spiritual. And boy, wow, this is just awesome. The Lord is... You wake up questioning yourself. Why did you say that? And the enemy begins to come. And people are offended because you said that. Do you really believe that? That kind of stuff comes, begins to come through your head because you've stood up here and made a confession to the people about Jesus Christ. You've confessed a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, what does the enemy want to do? He wants to come in and cause a backsliding of that revelation in your life. So you're sitting here on a Sunday morning. You heard the word of the Lord. You heard God begin to deal in your spirit and you begin to say yes to Him. And then all of a sudden, tomorrow morning, you get up and what begins to go through your head? You don't need all that. You know, what you did yesterday and he just even begin to mock you ridicule you if he can cause you to backslide in your faith in Jesus Christ he has a foothold but we're going to throw it in his face this morning amen Jesus said to Simon Peter Simon Satan has desired you <laughs> that's top order right there. We know, you know, we say, well, a devil somewhere. No. Satan! Prince of this world has desired you, Peter. The very fact of what I'm saying this morning, Jesus looks at Peter and says, you're going to fail. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Can you imagine him arguing with the Lord? The Lord said, you're going to deny me. So, no, no, I'm not, Lord. <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh, well, let's just put it this way. By the time the rooster crows in the morning, you will have denied me three times. Lord, I'll die with you. No. Something happened between Matthew 16 
where Peter got a revelation that Jesus even exonerated him and said, you didn't receive this from flesh and blood, but you have received this out of the heavenly realm. There is this revelation which I will build my church. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And somewhere between that and chapter 26... When he says three times and begins to curse and swear and give those oaths, I do not know the man. Peter, Satan has desired to sift you. I've prayed for you. Listen, not that you don't make a mistake. Not that you don't come into temptation. I've prayed to you that your faith fail not. Let me tell you the difference between Peter, what Peter did, and what Judas Iscariot did. Judas Iscariot began to backslide, and we know John said he was a thief anyway. And he began to backslide over money and over his own possessions and over those things. And until he was ready even to deny the Lord, sell him out for silver. The problem with him was that he had lost his faith. Peter denies the Lord, but Peter had not lost his faith. Instantly, when he heard that rooster crow and Jesus looked at him, he went out and began to weep. Bitterly. Why would he weep bitterly? Because he hadn't lost his faith. That wasn't what he wanted. He was tested and he failed, and things went wrong in his life. And and he meant to be victorious, but he wasn't victorious, and he made a mistake in his life. But I want to tell you this: that God wasn't done with him yet. Always, when you go through the trust testing and trying of your faith, God is going to secure you when the test is over. This is the beauty of it. And go tell. Peter, don't leave him out there by himself. But when you go to the brethren, go tell Peter, I have arisen from the dead. And I want you to know this, that Peter got up and his faith was there and his trust in Jesus was there and he did minister to the brethren after that he was converted. Can you say amen? This is this great hope. It's not in my strength. I'm going to go out and tear the devil up. Boy, I'm going to get him. We're going to bring the kingdom of the devil down. No, I don't think you need to worry about that. What I think you need to do is keep your faith and revelation in Jesus Christ. Keep it current. Keep it fresh. Don't back down. Don't back off. Don't give up. Don't make concession. The world around you, the church world around you, wants you to make concession. Don't stand up there and be firm in your faith. Be flexible in your faith. You know, we got to receive these and those and them. No, be strong in your faith. Stand in the power of the Lord and the might of the Lord in your life. Don't back down. In that regression comes a loss of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let me take you to a damp, dark dungeon, prison cell where a man is sitting that all he did 
was just preach the gospel and cry out against sin. That's all he did. And he's there now wondering. Sitting by himself in Herod's prison. Doesn't know what's going to happen to him. He's got to be pretty down distraught. It was just recently that he was out preaching to the masses. The scripture said that all of Jerusalem was coming out. Judea was coming down. Even the priests were coming out to see him. The holy men wanted to hear him preach. And now he sits in a lonely dungeon by himself, not knowing what his end might be. But see, he's made some declarations. John was the major prophet of the Bible. And we've talked about this before, and, and, and uh, Pastor Rodney was on the subject of John the Baptist. I must decrease here just the other night. John's the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. That's, that's what Jesus said. You want to argue with that? Okay, go ahead like Peter did, you know, argue with the Lord. He's the greatest prophet born among women. How so? I did, did he prophesy? Well, he put it this way. He sees Jesus coming, and he says to everybody there, all the baptism folks, all the people on the banks, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. What he doesn't know, like most prophecy, it's not completely clear, is what he is saying is, here is the one that's going to die for your sin in crucifixion. Here's the one who is the Lamb for your sin. He's going to carry it to the cross. And, and he doesn't even, I don't think he realizes what he is completely saying when he says, behold the Lamb of God which takes away. He can't take the sin of the world away unless the Lamb is sacrificed. Then he says, I must decrease. I must decrease. And now he is in that prison. He has decreased because the messianic ministry had to come to fullness. And what Jesus was doing in all eyes had to be turned off everyone else. There is no other prophet, no other man. When Jesus stands central, even out of heaven, says, this is the Son. Hear ye him. And then John prophesies, he's greater than I. No, I'm not the Christ. He is. He will baptize you. Listen to this. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, that can't happen unless he dies. And that can't happen unless he goes to the grave. And it can't happen unless he rises in three days. And it can't happen unless he sends, ascends back into heaven. And it cannot happen unless on the day of Pentecost he bursts the heaven open and he comes down to reside upon his people and baptize them in his spirit and in fire. What 
the greatest prophet to ever hit the face of the earth. Not Isaiah, not Moses, not Daniel, not Ezekiel, not Jeremiah, not all the, the small prophets, but this prophet man now has made declaration that even they would cower at. They said small things about the Lord, but he has announced him openly, and he has announced him to the world as the Savior Messiah of the world. And now... He sits in a prison place. And now, you know what the devil is attacking him in? John, you got out there and said a whole bunch of stuff. You got out there and made a bunch of declarations. And the enemy is challenging him in his revelation and his declaration. That's where the enemy is going to challenge you, folks. I mean, it's not just something that he trots out in front of you to try and draw your eyes away. It's not that. He's going to try and bring you down off of what you believe in Jesus Christ. It's happened in a lot of church circles. We get our eyes off of Christ. We go all kinds of directions, right? We put emphasis on all kinds of other things. And we want to draw it back to Jesus. How many want to draw it back to Jesus this morning? Lord, no, I'll draw this back to you. Church is not about stuff and, and things and, and buildings. and all. We, we know that. But we get caught up in the trappings. And so the Lord continues to tell us, no, 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 it's about our faith. It's about our faith in Jesus Christ. It's about him. So John is sitting in this place. Can you blame him now? Calls some of his disciples to him and says, fellas, I'm hurting. I'm in a bad place. I don't know if what I said, maybe, maybe I was too strong in my confession. Maybe I said too much. Would you guys go down and find Jesus and, and ask him this? Are you the one? Or should we look for another? I don't believe that he's doubting Jesus. I believe he's doubting his own revelation and his own confession. And men, I love this. They got to Jesus and they asked him. Jesus knows that John's down there. He knows that he's in a tough place. He knows that he's going through it. And Jesus says, go. Go tell John. Go tell John. See, you may come to a, a crux in your life where the enemy is attacking the foundation of what you believe. Maybe it's coming in at all kinds of different angles to attack what you believe in Jesus Christ. But I want you to know this, that the Lord is not ignorant to it, that the Lord's not going to let you just dog paddle out there on your own. But there is going to come a time where the Lord is going to say, go tell them. And in the telling them, I believe John confirmed that revelation that's in his heart. That's true. I was right. He is the Christ. He is the Lord. And he died that way. His head got cut off. But he knew that Jesus was the one. He knew that his faith in Jesus Christ was the answer to the world and to his life. That's beautiful. Jesus goes into the desert. For 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted and tested. 
What was he tested about? Well, he was tested about women, you know, that he would, no, no, that, that, no. Well, he was tested about, you know, that he might be, uh, and, and Satan did try and say, oh, I'll make you a king. But let me tell you really what he's tested about. He has just heard. He came up out of the water. And he heard the voice out of the glory say this. Is my son in whom my pleasure lies. Well, I want to tell you something. Jesus was a man. I've been spoken to by the Lord in my life and then go out later and I forgot all about it because of the situation, because of things that were coming up in my life. Jesus goes into that desert with it ringing in his ears. The flesh man, the son of man, goes in that desert and he's not tested as God. He's tested as the son of man. He's not hungry as God. God can't get hungry, but he's hungry as the son of man and he's going under testing about his faith about who he thinks he is about declarations that he's going to make like I am the way, the truth, and the life. Satan is attacking him at the level. If you are the son of God. See, he's attacking the very person of who Jesus is. We are attacked to, 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 to not believe. We're attacked to bring our faith away from Christ. And Christ himself as a man is now being attacked in the desert time by the enemy of his soul, by the enemy of you, by the enemy of the kingdom of God. He's being attacked so that he will not have the faith to believe what he just heard. Thou art the son. Thou, this is my beloved son. But thank God that the faith was in him. It did not fail. It could not fail. It would not fail. But he would keep that very faith, that explanation that has been over his life that only he knew, no one else. John the Baptist said a few things, but no one could tell him about keeping that faith. What was that faith in? That faith was in the Word of God in his life. And he rebukes the devil. And I want to read you something. This, this, is, this is beautiful, and we've all, we all know this, but... But let me read you this. Is that after this is over, then Matthew 4.11. Then the devil leaveth him. And the angels came and ministered to him. So good. They brought, brought him some bread. See, the devil's trying to get him to turn bread, rocks into bread. And here come the angels with a loaf of bread for him. No, no, no. No, it's not the angle I'm going this morning. The angels came and shored him up. Encouraged him. Strengthened him. Because when you go out of this desert place, you're going to have to declare who you are. Because when you leave out of this place, 
you're going to have to let the world know that even though you are in flesh, you are the one that was to come. You are the Messiah. Don't let the devil trick you out of believing it. You are the Messiah. You are the Lord that came to the earth. You are the one who will give your life a ransom for many. And the devil is defeated and the devil must leave. But the angels of God come and minister to him. Listen, if they would come and minister to the Lord himself, believe you me, when you get in a trial, when your faith is attacked, when your revelation is attacked, when your confession is attacked, God is always going to come and affirm your life. He does not want you to fail, Peter. I've prayed for you. Oh, you may fail in a few, but you're not going to fail in your faith this morning. Somebody say amen. Do we have a few minutes left? How many will give me five minutes? Okay, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, you know. Okay, I'm just going to close real quick. James said, the trying of your faith. The trying of your faith. See, that's where the enemy's coming in like a flood against your faith in Jesus. We're going to continue to preach the faith in Jesus. Brother Chris, are you going to preach the faith in Jesus? Brother Josh, are you going to continue to preach? Brother, Brother Austin, are you going to continue, continue to preach the faith of Jesus Christ? Amen. Brother Isaac, is that, that, that's what you're going to teach and preach, the faith of Jesus Christ. Brother Dustin, when we gather on Thursday, now Wednesdays, are you just going to encourage us in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Brother Ronnie, you're starting with the kids now. And, and, and you guys, you and Dara, are you guys just going to encourage them in their faith in Jesus Christ? When, when, hey, I can't get a youth group if I don't just have a bunch of activities and fun and, 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 and frolic and all that. No, no, that, that sideline. What is the important thing is that you encourage them in their faith in Jesus Christ because the trying of your faith. Not the trying of your finances, the trying of your, your marriage. You can get over that. You need to work that out. But the trying of your faith. See, this is where the enemy's at, his attack. He wants to come against your revelation in Jesus Christ. Oh, we've had some people leave this church. I thought some of you know this situation. We had some people leave. Called me to, I think we went to dinner. Said we're going to leave the church. Had little kids. About the size of our little guys. We don't want them to grow up hearing negatives. I want to tell you the most negative thing you can ever hear is that your kid's cast into hell. And that's what's happening. We're going to encourage you in the Lord. Because you're going to be tried in your faith. There's some negatives there. Oh, there's a lot of negatives there. But you're going to come an overcomer in Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever you believe right now in Jesus is going to be challenged, accosted, maligned. The, the attack will be leveled at you to get you to backslide. I'm not talking about going to the bar, running off with another woman. I'm talking about your faith is where it's going to come. But know this, the trying of your faith 
Worst patience. It's going to come out right. Keep the faith. Because God is always going to bring an affirmation in your life. He's going to strengthen you and affirm you and lift you up. I thought about this, and, and I'll just say this this morning. It's a good tweet. Your revelation and confession in the Lord Yeshua Jesus are the most prized possessions that you have. That's what he's coming after. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Glory. The Apostle Peter opens and closes his final epistle. I'm going to read this, and I, and I know I've preached for a while, but uh, y'all weren't doing nothing anyway. No. Apostle Peter opens and closes his final epistle. You know Peter, the guy who said, I don't know Jesus. You know that guy. First verse, Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those equally precious with us, having obtained faith in the righteousness of God, righteousness of the God of us and Savior of us, Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied in the full knowledge of God, even Jesus the Lord of us. His last epistle, last words. But grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord of us and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and into the eternal day. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? God bless you. Thank you for, for uh, listening, for being patient. As we bore our heart this morning, I just feel like, I feel like that God just wants to affirm God wants to affirm us this morning. You may have been going through some testing of your faith, not testing of your finances and testing of other things. I'm talking about the testing of your faith in Christ Jesus, your knowledge of Him. That's where the enemy's coming in like a flood. But thank God He raises up a standard against Him. And you're going to be affirmed. Hang in there. Hang in there. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep hoping. Keep your faith. Keep your confession. Don't back down from it. Don't backslide off of your confession and knowledge and revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Lord, we just thank you this morning. I've encouraged as best I could. I have preached and corrected even in it, Lord. But it takes you. It takes you to make it happen in our life, Lord. It takes you, oh God. And so we keep our faith, our trust, our hope, Lord. It's not in us. It's not in our, our good Christian effort, Lord. But our faith will take us through in you. And so, Lord, we do not come back. We do not backslide. We do not step down from that which we know in you and trust in you and confess in you, Jesus, this morning. And we thank you, Lord. Be with us today and keep us. We pray in your name. Everyone said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of thank you.